welcome to the latest episode of Discast. This episode is going to be a little bit different. Uh, this episode is going to get a little personal. I am going to share with you my personal experiences and my enjoyment of Disney and why I love Disney so much. So for me, it all really kind of stems back to when I was a very young, uh, when I was very, very young. I grew up in the 90s, and so I grew up with the Renaissance period. And so my love of Disney kind of really stemmed way back from like Aladdin and The Little Mermaid and uh, those early films. And I think for me, what really drew me to them was the fun characters, the fun stories, the music especially. There's a very, very early image of me when I'm maybe, oh, I don't know, two or three. And my parents took me trick-or-treating. Uh, dressed as Aladdin, so I think that was probably my earliest form of Disney cosplay. <laughs> um, and just as I grew up, kind of being not entrenched in that culture, but just growing up with Disney, it really made me appreciate animated films and especially musicals. I feel like some of my earliest enjoyment of musicals was through Disney. Uh, today, now I love musicals and I love Broadway and all of that. But I think a lot of it really does root in my love of Disney musicals. For me, some of those songs, I can't not think of them or hear them or even sing them without getting a little choked up. I know like uh, every time I try and sing along to Part of Your World from Little Mermaid, there's just something just hits me with it. I don't know why. And I know the music from The Lion King for me is some of the is some of the most spectacular music. Um, I personally think that the Lion King soundtrack is practically perfect. Um, thank you, Elton John and Tim Rice. The big question that I think is very common is, what is your favorite Disney movie? And I think for me, I look at it at, in two sort of categories. Number one, my favorite Disney movie uh, is probably is probably The Lion King. Uh, I can watch that movie so many times and still just fall in love with it all over again. Uh, I still, still choke up and cry during Mufasa's death um, every single time because it's just such a beautiful and perfect moment. Uh, but I think my favorite uh, Disney Pixar movie, because of course Pixar usually is very, very often associated with Disney, uh, apart from the fact that, you know, Disney owns Pixar, but, uh, my favorite Pixar movie is definitely Coco, uh, for, I guess the obvious reasons that it's such a beautiful, uh, exploration of Mexican culture, which of course I am part Mexican. So that's really nice to see, uh, the music in it is spectacular. I love it. I love that soundtrack. Uh, it's another one that I think I, that I can listen to start to finish just all the time. Uh, the music is really nice. The visuals in that movie are stunning. And that's the thing is that I feel like uh, the Disney movies did a really, really good job of their storytelling because just from a visual standpoint, you just watch these movies and you're just you're just watching such beautiful art occur. Uh, and, and especially within the animated movies. Uh, and even if you go back to like way in the beginning, like during the um, during the golden age. Uh, with like Snow White and Bambi and uh, Pinocchio, just watching what they did with the technology that they had at that time, uh, how Walt was just such a, he was just constantly, constantly pushing the envelope 
with what you could do with animation. And I think that's part of the reason why those movies are still so, to a degree, yes, they are problematic, but I still think the thing that really kind of makes, keeps them relevant is just how beautiful they are visually and how they don't seem to age. I mean, if you, if you look back at Snow White, just the, the beauty and the perfection of the animation, just how they move and everything. And all of that is just so, so stunning. And even the transformation scene when the evil queen goes from evil queen to, uh, to the, to the crone is such a wonderful sequence and it's spooky and it's creepy and gross, but it's beautiful at the same time. And just moments like that, you're like, these people were at like the top of the game. The impact emotionally that a lot of that you get with these characters really really hits you and even if it's the cliche you know the jumping back to the renaissance period uh, the cliche you know oh uh, princess going for a prince that sort of thing you still feel you still feel empathetic towards these characters and in recent years especially like uh it's you know the the whole villain thing is really kind of coming forward and the villains themselves are starting to kind of get a little bit more into the spotlight which is great because Disney has some of the most amazing villains I mean if you want to stick to the renaissance just look at Ursula Ursula is a is a wonderful villain uh Scar is a such a compelling character as well uh Gaston is very well you know he's very he's kind of a cliche but you know he's a kind of character that we he's a kind of character that we can all relate not relate to but we all kind of know we all kind of know a person who's like that um and the villain songs like the songs that these villains and characters have are some of the best like one thing that like disney is pretty well known for is their villain songs i mean i watched an interview with lin-manuel lin-manuel miranda who did the music for moana which is another spectacular film uh, and like one of his things was when he was writing the songs, when he was writing the song for uh, Tamatoa, who is like the giant crab uh, at the bottom of the sea kind of thing. He had said that one of his biggest challenges was trying to write a good villain song because the villain songs in the Disney movies are so good. I mean, just just look at them like uh Poor Unfortunate Souls is still a classic. Like, it's still... It's been, it's being done in drag shows everywhere to this day. Uh, be prepared. Come on. I mean, that's such a great one. Even Gaston is a fun song. Is a fun villain song. I'm kind of sad that Jafar never really got a villain song. His sort of villain song is just kind of a reprise of uh, the Prince Ali number. So I'm kind of bummed about that. Frollo's number in Hunchback. Oh, uh, Hellfire is so powerful. That's a good one. That's another really good one that I think people really look away from is Hunchback of Notre Dame. It's, but I think that's because it's definitely the darkest of the Renaissance period. It's one of my, it's another one of my favorites. And I think part of that is because I grew up in choir. I, I've been singing in choir since I was like seven years old. And so when I watched Hunchback, I was really drawn to it because of the fact they used so much choral music in it. Uh, which is one of the reasons why I love it so much. Um, it really connected it to me uh, on a much deeper level because of that. And I definitely think that Hunchback is looked, uh, not necessarily looked down on, but is not highly considered or regarded as high as like the original, the first three in the Renaissance, you know, like 
uh, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, and Beauty and the Beast. But I think part of that is because it is probably the darkest of the Renaissance period. I mean, you have, you know, Quasi's character who all he wants to do is just go out, but he's being repressed and, quite frankly, emotionally and psychologically abused by Frollo. And then near the end, Esmeralda almost dies and, you know, that whole thing. And Frollo's weird, like, he's definitely lusting after Esmeralda. Like, if you can't see that, then, you know, I don't I don't know what you're watching. Um, but it's definitely a movie that I think really fights the traditional mold of the Disney movies. Like, for example, Quasimodo doesn't get the girl in the end. Uh, but he gets something that I think is even better than just the girl. He gets the acceptance that he wanted. Uh, and he gets that freedom that he always wanted. He fought for his freedom and he wins it, which I think is really, really nice for that character. There's a wonderful, there's a really, really good Broadway adaptation of it where they take the songs from the movie uh, by Alan Menken and uh, the the actual book and they kind of combine the two and make a stage production where uh, it follows the book more closely. So, for example, at the end, spoiler alert if you don't know, that, but Esmeralda dies and Frollo is not the judge he is actually the archdeacon of Notre Dame itself um it maintains or in it uh, sort of maintains the story that Quasimodo is kind of the son of a gypsy but apparently he's actually Frollo's nephew so the stage production is very very fun and interesting and it has some amazing music uh not just the song for the movie but a few others that are also really really good which kind of brings me next to uh you know the Lion King stage production which is my personal favorite of uh, all the other Disney adaptations on stage, the because the Lion King production is just unbelievable. If you ever get the chance to see it, do it. It's spectacular. You will cry multiple times. It's such a beautiful showcase of real skill and what you can do on the stage. The fact that Disney has been able to transition so easily from one thing to another like this, I think, really showcases a lot of its staying power. And uh, especially a lot of its relevance because it is, of course, still relevant today. And even now, they're still they're trying to do a lot more and a lot better with the stories that they're telling. I mean, just look at the last few movies that they put out, like Frozen, for example. I look at because it's a it's a great movie in that it it doesn't it, it again doesn't follow the traditional formula. Like for example, um, when they're trying to get True Love's kiss to save Anna. Uh, the man that she thinks is her true love turns out to be the villain. And the act of true love that saves her is has nothing to do with uh, being in love with a man, but it's her love for her sister, which I think is very, which I think was great and was very different. And I love that. And Moana is also really good because Moana doesn't really have, she doesn't have a love interest in the movie. Her love interest is her people, which I think is great. And uh, yeah, she does seek the help of a demigod because I mean, you know, if you're going to fight a, giant lava monster you might as well have a demigod on your side but her whole story is is about finding herself finding her background and her people and saving her people and her culture which i think is really really good and i think is something that uh is definitely a story that's relevant to be told especially the fact that moana uh really turns her herself into a very strong female character which is something that i think is great to see now in more film um more strong female leads. I'm definitely excited to see what they do with the Mulan remake. Um, speaking of strong female leads, 
even though it's not going to be a musical, which admittedly I'm a little bummed about, but we do have the Mulan from the 90s, which is a, another really, really great movie. Um, I am excited to see what they do in terms of taking that classic, uh, that epic poem of Mulan and putting it to the big screen and showcasing another strong female character and a strong female uh, Asian character, which I think is another thing that we could really use more of. I'm not a huge fan of this trade or this trade or this trend that they're going through with uh, converting animated movies into live action movies. I mean, Aladdin was good in that it took a lot of really fun elements of the animated one and changed them up a bit and made it different and made it its own, which is the big thing that I like. And I think where they definitely messed up was when they tried to do that with The Lion King, because unfortunately they didn't. They just basically made a National Geographic documentary in which the animals spoke. Uh, I definitely think they could have done better with it, which is a shame because, again, The Lion King is, I think, a practically perfect movie. So it, it really sucked for me to watch one of my favorite movies just kind of flop in front of me. It, it was really, really upsetting. One of the biggest things that I really, really loved was when I went to the parks. I've been to, well, the one park. I've been to Disneyland only. Uh, but I think the big thing that they, the big thing that they accomplished with Disneyland is not just the immersion and how brilliant it's done, but just how at home you feel. I know for me, I've been fortunate enough to visit a couple times the last few the last few years, uh, and to see it as an adult is, I think, still just as fun as when you're a child. Probably even funner because you're able to appreciate things on such a different level. But you're walking around the park, and you're looking around, and you're just immersed in this place that you just feel so welcome in and you see all the characters walking around and you're able to interact with them and talk and just hang out with some of your favorite characters from the films and of course the rides are all spectacular I mean my favorite area in the park probably Adventureland well it's that transition between uh, Adventureland into New Orleans Square it's like that stretch is probably my favorite Mainly because it's got some of my favorite rides. I mean, other than, well, you have the Indiana Jones ride, which is great. The Jungle Cruise, which has barely changed in the some 60 some odd years that the park has been open. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, which is a, which continues to be a classic. The Haunted Mansion, which, again, is a staple in the park. And then you just have that immersion of New Orleans Square where it's just... It's just fun, and it just feels so so warm and welcoming. And then even as you go through the rest of the park, you're just you just feel so at home, at least for me. And for me, it's kind of held such a different or such a much higher appreciation because I've been able to visit it with some people that I really really care about. Like the last couple of times I went with I went with my partner, and we were able to kind of form those memories together. And really appreciate 
really appreciate that park on such another level as and I feel like when you go and when you go with someone that you really care about it really really builds a new meaning and you're really able to just appreciate it with your with the person that you care about with your partner or even with your family California Adventure is good I do enjoy California Adventure I am looking forward to seeing the expansion that they do with Marvel that's going to be interesting it's a shame that it was at the cost of a bug's land but admittedly a bug's land really didn't <laughs> it really didn't have a whole lot it was I think it was mainly just for like the kids it, it was kind of like uh DCA's version of um I guess Fantasyland because Fantasyland has like quite a few little kind of kiddie rides and I think they tried to emulate that in California Adventure uh but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see what happens when it opens. Uh, I am super looking forward to going and visiting uh, Galaxy's Edge. That's that. I'm going straight there next time I go, which hopefully, hopefully is soon because I would love to visit one more time. Disney has been a huge thing for me, uh, and maybe it's because it's been such a big staple for a lot of my formative years. But I feel like it's been there for me and help me to really become a person that I am today in terms of uh, how I feel about myself and how I feel about music and the ability that music has in terms of storytelling and how a, a good song can really make you feel something. Uh, it certainly helped me to appreciate different cultures and different types of music because like even just looking at the renaissance period i'm highlighting the renaissance period a lot because of course i grew up with it but just in that period you get so many different kinds of you know, so many different things you get like for example you have the choral music of hunchback you have the gospel music of hercules you have uh the asian inspired music from mulan you have your classic you know your classic disney musical from uh like little mermaid you have some of the african inspiration from uh lion king so to be able to appreciate so many different types of music, I think really helped me uh, with my musical tastes because I love music. Just music in general, I think, uh, is very, very important. And when done right, it can really elevate something. It can really elevate a piece of art, uh, especially a piece of visual art, to another level. Because I really feel that music is something that we as people can appreciate and helps to get the point across and I think Disney really really does that really really well I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what they do in the future uh, I know I have been a lifelong Disney fan and I will continue to be a lifelong Disney fan are they perfect absolutely not but I do think they're going in the right direction especially when it comes to things like representation and I do think that they're going in a good way with that so we'll see how it goes uh I hope this podcast or this episode was entertaining. Uh, it was very off the cuff, but I just really wanted to showcase why I wanted to do this podcast in the first place and kind of show you my personal side and share with you why I really enjoy these movies and just the Dis just Disney as a franchise um, on its own. Uh, so yeah, tell me your Disney stories. Uh, I hope to hear from 
more of you, uh, you can tweet me at cast underscore diz. Uh, leave a comment, rate, review the podcast. Would really appreciate it. And yeah, I hope to uh, talk to some of you guys. To I hope to speak to some of you later. And I look forward to the next episode. Ciao.